These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. Dad came upstairs, and then I heard them say, like, it's happened. And I was like, what's happened? It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to Mojo Podcast, hosted on Mike's Open Journal. Delighted to welcome you to episode 113, where I am joined by another guest. Um, this is a returning guest. Um, Abby's back. Uh, it was awesome to to catch up with Abby, actually, after... Um, it's been a while, actually, since I've spoken to Abby, so just, uh, just get a chance to sit down and, and catch up on everything she's been doing, which is quite a lot. Uh, was really really cool so we spoke a little bit about the stuff that Abby's been doing around her studies around her new role at Time to Change um, also doing stuff with fixers where she's got a schools project around self-esteem going on so it's really cool to to hear a little bit about all of Abby's projects and I'm really hoping that I get a chance to actually meet up with Abby again in the not too distant future hopefully there'll be a a meetup or something soon because um yeah I, I think I've I think I've only actually met Abby in brackets real life twice um but it's really nice just to sit down and have a chat and she's doing such amazing stuff um around not just mental health campaigning but um also all the work she does with young people uh, and the self-esteem the self-esteem um stuff that she's getting off the ground as well sounds really interesting so you get to hear about that in this episode uh i would also like to say that this episode is obviously going to come out to you guys on the week that includes world mental health day which is october 10th and that'll be a wednesday so maybe the day after you listen to this if you listen to it kind of straight away um so it's going to be a day filled with um, conversations, some campaigning. I know there's lots of videos and stuff planned to go up for that event. Now, um, I would love to have um, some stuff going up on the day. However, um, I am going to a, uh, a therapy uh, event and launch um, on the Tuesday and delivering a load of presentations and stuff on the Wednesday. So... 
there might not be something coming up on the day, but definitely at some stage during this week, uh, there will be a couple of different posts um, going up either on the blog or on the podcast. So there'll be bits, bits and pieces going up um, kind of towards the end of the week, probably, or the start of the following week. Uh, but there will be lots of stuff available online, so do have a look at the campaigns, do check out the resources. I know that we have um, stuff happening with Time to Change, who have just launched their hashtag Ask Twice campaign, so check that out as well. But um, in regards to, to Time to Change and all of the campaigning and things that they're doing, I'm going to drop you in a moment into that conversation with Abby. Before that, I do want to say again, thank you to all of you for continuing to tune in and download the episode. And if you are interested in coming onto the podcast in the future, you can always get in contact um, with me on Twitter or whatever social media. All of the details you can find on the website, which is mikesopenjournal.com. But for now, I'm going to drop you straight into the conversation. Thank you very much for listening. And please remember, you're not alone. Hello, Abby. Hiya. Um, it's really cool to have you back on the podcast and to get a bit of an update from you following on from last time. Um, and I know we've spoken briefly before we started recording about what we're going to talk about, which is pretty rare for me because generally I don't plan them at all. But um, it's quite nice to have a little bit of a chat beforehand, I think, and actually work out the structure to what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm easy going either way, to be honest. But yeah, let's go for it. Um, so I think since last time, you've been involved with uh, a lot more of the kind of campaigning side around mental health and some of the stuff going on. And I can't remember, I think last time we spoke briefly about you getting involved with Time to Change, but we um, I can't remember if it was the start of you doing stuff or we just kind of briefly spoke about it because we were also talking about your story. But um I don't know if you want to kind of give us an overview of how you've got involved with Time to Change and what you've been doing. Yeah so um I don't know where I even discovered about it to be honest I have no idea where it came up (laughs) I think it might have popped up on Facebook but I actually have no clue where it even started um But I found out about the Young Champions thing in 2016, which feels like ages ago now. Um, And I signed up for it, not really thinking much of it. And I went away and did the training with other young people. Um, I was... I was basically a baby back then, I think. <laughs> I was, what, like, 17? It was really weird. Like, that seems like 18, 17? Like, that seems like ages ago. It's so weird but, how um, time passes really quickly and you change so much at that yeah, age I, as well because there's so much going on and you're starting to form your own self as such. Yeah, I think I, think I must have been 18, actually, 18, 19, but it still seems like such a long time ago now um and so that's like so I started that and I went away on the training and met everybody and um and then 
I had a bit of a sort of a lull for a bit. I didn't really do anything, didn't do any of the training, like the the, spe- the sort of specified training. So it just sort of felt like, oh, well, this is just going to be one of those things that doesn't really amount to anything. And I was like, that's fine. I had a great time at the training. Like, it doesn't really matter. I'll just get on and do stuff myself. And then I went away um, and did some more training with them. So I did a training a testimony training which was basically learning how to sort of tell my story Mm. and I did that probably about nine months ten months after the initial training so it had been quite a break Mm. um but after I did that like I sent my testimony away to um Joss who coordinates us all and a couple of days after we did the training and then before I knew it I was being asked to go so the first place I went to which was quite a big deal actually because I was expecting like a little school just a little school just a sort of 15 minute sort of pop-in kind of thing Mm. um and a couple of weeks I was actually asked to so a couple of weeks after I'd sent it I was asked if I would be free to um come down to London and go and speak to the Department of Health. Wow. Um, <laughs> so it was a bit mad. Um, I was living in Liverpool at the time, so I had to obviously come all the way down from Liverpool. But so I got asked to do a delivery of my testimony in a school in the morning mm. in Leytonstone in London. And then in the afternoon, it was the Department of Health that I went to and spoke to them about time to change and a bit about me but a bit about sort of the program and yeah. all sorts so that was it was mad like and then ever since that it's just been weird things like every testimony I've done has kind of been very last minute and I quite like it it's exciting because I'd never know what my life's gonna sort of throw mm. at me like it's... I think that sounds particularly yeah. I guess interesting given what you're studying as well I don't know did that have like the added benefit yeah. of that's the field well, that you're I'm, interested in yeah so I wasn't actually I wasn't doing that course at the time so okay. I was doing philosophy at the time um when I went to the department of health but now looking back on it I'm like oh that's quite weird so I did I did that and then I did a couple more sort of testimonies in schools and then I got asked to do something for a conference in Reading, um, which the video, you can actually see the video of me doing that talk. I don't know if you've watched it. Yes, um, I think because yeah. there were two or three of you that I think yeah. I've, I've met that did that conference. So there was me, Mary, Jacob and Jack who went to do that and that was that was a big deal to me that was huge because mm. I was been used to like doing it in schools I'd done a couple in schools independently as well so it was like oh my god I've got like actually a huge audience here um and some like really like renowned speakers like um Pookie Knightsmith uh Dr. Pookie Knightsmith, a couple of others, a lord from 
the house floors. I don't know who he was. That's really bad. I can't remember his name, but like, we had some big people and yeah. there was like me, like a girl from Westbury in Wiltshire, a town that no one's heard of. Like I was a bit like, this was really weird. But um, no, that was really good. Um, and then, yeah, I I did another, I've done a couple more schools. Um but it's sort of come around full circle now because our programme finished at the beginning of this year mm. and now um, a few of us have sort of stayed on, as it were, as regional peer leaders. So now we help the new young champions mm. <laughs> and we were at the training, um, was it last week or the week before, a couple of weeks ago, mm. for the new young champions and that was really really interesting to 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 have gone like complete full circle and back to back to sort of where we started but experienced and sort of level up as it were yeah but what was what was that sort of feeling of seeing um other people come in and, and be essentially you a couple of years ago sat there kind of thinking about oh it's like the first time I might be sharing my story or I'm really passionate about this, but I don't really know what I'm doing. How how did it feel being the kind of the I don't know the person sort of leading and supporting and facilitating that happening? I think it was it was it was nice. It was a bit strange to start with, but then obviously there were still there. I think there was six of us or five of us, and who who had all done the program together. Who that's all the peer leaders. So that that was quite nice to still have like that sort of comfort blanket and obviously the staff that we already knew and Mm. but it it felt it felt strange it also felt a bit I felt a bit bad because some of these young people have come in feeling like I'm going to change the world and I'm not going to tell them they're not going to change the Mm. world but at the same time they need to look at it on a smaller scale and go actually if I can just change one person's life yeah that's enough for me like because I had the same kind of thing I was like I'm not doing enough I need to be changing the world and whatever and then when I delivered that one that first testimony in Leightonstone and the first aider because mm. one of the one of the staff members was the first aider who was watching me came up to me at the end and was like really emotional and was talking to me it was like actually that's all I need to do yeah like I don't need to speak at massive worldwide conferences I don't need to have a YouTube channel where I'm vlogging to millions I don't I don't need that I just Mm. need to be changing and impacting one person's life and that's enough Mm. and I think that's what they need to realize because I don't I don't want to like make them feel bad or crappy but at the same time they don't need to feel bad or crappy if they know they're going to change one part. That's enough. Because mm. I, I, a lot of them are like, well, I want to have all these opportunities and whatever. And I'm like, just be grateful for any opportunity you get. And if you can't get enough, make your own. Yeah. Like I, I, to start with, and I'm speaking about this from a perspective of I was that person. Mm. I was that one who was feeling like I wasn't getting enough. I was that one. So I'm speaking about it from actually being there and doing that. Yeah. I'm not saying 
I was per- I wasn't perfect. I was I was annoyed that I wasn't getting these opportunities. I was looking at other people and going, oh, they're getting opportunities that I'm not getting. And actually, after I did my first testimony, I was like, I don't know why I was so obsessed and why I was so sort of concerned. It, mm. it suddenly had sort of changed my view entirely. Um, and I think, yeah, that that was the hardest thing because I didn't want to burst their bubble, as it were. But it's I just given that other perspective as well. Yeah. yeah, I think you're. And, they will naturally get and have that. Um, I suppose that's what's drawn them to the to the campaign into the role in the first place is that desire yeah. to get involved and be part of projects and campaigns. But also, like you say, having been in that situation getting them to acknowledge and um yeah just to acknowledge actually the the massive achievement that it is if you go in and talk to I don't know 10 people in a classroom that's a huge thing for you as an individual to go and do and to openly share your story in that setting um and also for for those individuals to to hear and to engage with you and for them to have had that opportunity to hear you talk and to hear you talk in person as well um is is really really amazing and yeah later on there might be opportunities to talk with one or two people that are really big and in brackets important or there might be opportunities to talk to big audiences but the core message is still the same it's still it's still your story it's still you sharing that um and I think you're right in kind of highlighting and reminding people actually why we do this in the first place. Exactly. And I think you saying like in brackets, the the bit where you go in brackets, yeah. important. Yeah. Like it, that's so, that's so like that resonates with me so much because actually, and we were listening to Johnny Benjamin speak the other day at the training, which is obviously amazing. And I was like, Oh my God. But, um, he was saying that he only gets opportunity he he always prioritizes the opportunities or the speeches that he's going to give for young people mm. so sort like a big important thing with the prime minister or whatever mm. like something if it's for a school and it's for young people that's what he wants to do and that's sort of the same with me that one of the best things I did was for a a school that I did this independently um one of my old teachers moved to a new school yes and I was doing some work experience in his school and um well not work experience I was volunteering in his school and he said would you mind doing some stuff with um, a couple of the year groups. So I did year six and year seven, which felt really young to me, mm-hmm. but they're the oldest year in the school because the school was a new school. It was a Steiner school and they were filling up from the bottom. Okay. Yeah. So they were the old groups. Um, and I did my talk to them and the reaction I got from the young people was amazing, but like for the rest of the time, I did that at the beginning of my stay. And for the rest of the time I was there, I had parents coming up to me in the in the playground, like when they were picking up their kids, coming up to me and hugging me and crying, mm. and like saying, "My daughter just was amazed," or "My son, you really, you really inspired my son," and things like that. And it was things like that 
that to me meant so much and probably mean more than me talking at Reading even though Reading was an amazing opportunity it's like actually the ones where I know I've I've impacted specific individuals yeah are the ones that really make me think it's like in a couple of weeks time um we've been invited to a few of us have been been invited to um a glo- the global ministerial mental health conference thing and that's obviously kind of a big deal and like i'm like wow that's that's an amazing opportunity one that i never thought i'd ever get and i'm just great but i'm grateful for anything like mm. if i hadn't been invited for that that would have been fine mm. like i just i i want to speak to whoever like I want to speak to that one individual person like I've changed so much from when I started when I thought actually I needed to impact everybody when Mm. actually no you impact one person and that person might pass it on yeah and sort of it will just be a chain as opposed to you having to just give out all of your energy Mm. you can just give out a little bit to one person and then they can pass it on do you think, because yeah. um, one of the things that I've kind of, I, I can't tell if I've made this up in my head or if it's something I've sort of read between the lines on some of the, the social media posts that I've seen about um, like the new champions and the training and stuff that's happened. Having um, some of you guys involved this year as, I don't know if you have like a set role as like the mentors, um, you mentioned it earlier, like the regional leaders. or Yeah. yeah. Um, leaders, yeah. Having having you guys involved that have been not just previous young champions but quite proactive young champions, um, it feels like there's a real strong kind of team effort there as well, rather than maybe one person going off to do one thing and one person going off to do something else. Um, do you think they there's as the program kind of gets older and there is more experience around? Um, do you think that kind of the team element side is built up or is that maybe, maybe it was there before and it's just something I haven't seen as much as I'm seeing now? No, I, I think you're right. I think the team thing does build up. Like, yeah, I think you start off kind of every every man, woman, whatever is in is for themselves and then mm. you think actually, no, this isn't what this is about. Like, you're a team that you need to be a team and use each other and Mm. work together. And I think as, as I still want to call myself a young champion, but I'm not. (laughs) As As a a former young person. Yeah. (laughs) Like when we had our sort of final goodbye, like meeting Mm. and got our certificates and stuff and all of that like that finally we sort of felt like a family by that point by the end it was like really weird and obviously there are a couple of people like there's always people in your family who you're not that fond of and there's always going to be that in this situation there's always going to be the ones that you're like oh you annoy me a little bit (laughs) but actually at the end of the day you you still love them like it it's you, do I sound really horrible? No, for I know what you mean. Like, but you I, know what I mean, don't you? I've um, oh, especially kind of years ago when I tried to describe 
my relationship with my sister to people, I would always say, it's changed a little bit now, like we like each other a bit more, but I would always sort of say, well, we love each other because we're brother and sister, but we don't like each other. <laughs> um, like we would never be friends. Um, we're just completely different people. Yeah, exactly. And it's that sort of thing that, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's also learning um, that I think sometimes there's this thing around, oh, if you are, um, if you're talking about mental health or you're a campaigner or uh, an advocate or you're part of whatever, um, that, oh, you must all get along. And I think sometimes you do need yeah. to acknowledge actually people have got different experiences and different um, thought processes or ideas and doesn't necessarily make one person's better than another but it might mean that two or three people just don't quite work well together um and that's the beauty of having what seems to be a bloody massive team you've got going there um is that yeah. it doesn't matter if there's one or two people that don't get along because you're in amongst about 40 or fifty thousand other people i think 40 or 50 um other people <laughs> So, yeah, if a couple of people don't like each other, it's not a huge problem. Whereas if you were a small team of, like, five people, um, I guess that would become a bit more difficult. Um, and I think also one of the things I picked up was there seems to be a desire to put in as much, um, like, skill development as possible in terms of supporting your transition from sort of being a young person that's predominantly studying or on apprenticeships um into full-time employment in your future and actually learning to work with and get along with and be productive alongside someone that you don't necessarily feel like your best buddies is actually a really really important skill to have yeah yeah exactly and I think you've like hit the nail on the head with the whole thing of you don't have to sort of like everybody mm. like mm. It, it's not something that you have to do like and I think you go into it thinking oh you've got to be all fluffy and love everyone and and I went into it thinking that and I was thinking I've got to be there for everybody and then the minute but the issue with having that mentality is that the minute that I began to not like somebody mm. I thought I was a bad person yeah and that's that's what you've got to sort of steer away from you're like actually I cannot like somebody that's okay like yeah. as long as I'm not malicious or rude or horrible to them mm. it doesn't matter no. like it's okay yeah and I think it is it's good to kind of get that out sometimes as well because then it means if there is um I don't know something that happens actually you can move past it a lot quicker and you can get on and you can continue to chat and um, yeah, I think it's just quite an important skill to have. I've worked with, um, I've worked with a, a lot of people I've really, really enjoyed working with. They're not that many that I've thought, oh, cool, blind, come on. Um, but there have been one or two. <laughs> and it is, yeah, it's that skill of actually you've still got to work with those people. So I quite like that, um, yeah, there's potentially that, that skill is developed, but I think generally everyone seems to be got a clear goal in mind and everyone's working towards the same um, same goal. It might just be that they've got different ways that they want to get there. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So it sounds like the Times Change stuff's going really well and um, lots of different campaign ideas. And I've seen um, 
uh, a couple of pictures and heard from a couple of people that have been to the training as well. And I know I had, um, uh, I think, I can't remember if, I don't think Jodie's been on since she's had the new role. But I spoke to Adam a couple of weeks ago and heard about his experience. And he was talking about um, getting to hear from a lot of the people in Blackpool and like they're not really being someone really close, but being aware there are other people in his area. Um, and I really like that side of actually their, um, that kind of networking and working out there are people that are close to you that you can kind of team up with, especially like you say, when sometimes yeah. there is a big travel involved um, and some people aren't able to do that and it has to be in their, in their patch as such. There's quite a few um, young champions in Bristol because I'm in Bristol now. Mm. Um, and there's quite a few of them about in this area. Although Bristol is quite big, they're scattered around. So, yeah, there are quite a few here, which is good. That's cool. And then, do, you think, do you think that kind of helps with... Um, I don't know, maybe doing stuff more locally rather than just kind of nationally or always being pulled towards London? Yeah, so the whole the whole sort of idea, because there's there's us as volunteers, as regional peer leaders, mm -hmm. and then there's um, the regional coordinators. So they're they're the paid they get the, they're the paid job. So so their role, we work with them mm. to coordinate things in our area. So mine is the southwest, which is still quite a massive area, to be honest. <laughs> to still fulfil. Yeah. Um, I think when you can just but, use the compass yeah. and not actually say a name of anywhere, that's quite a big area. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like Devon, Cornwall, up to Bristol. So it's mm. like quite quite a big quite area yeah. i think yeah. um but so so yeah we um we are all in that sort of bit patch mm. um so hopefully that means that i mean there are some based in dorset and i'm obviously based in bristol with the but i could always do a bit in bristol with mm. um Jack, the coordinator, couldn't do anything in Bristol but needed to do stuff in Dorset. Like, I can always, I mean, I would have done, I, I'd do it, I'd do anything for free. Like, when it comes to this kind of thing, when it comes to times change, I'll do anything for free. I'll just do it. So, um, it doesn't bother me. I'll just get on and do it and help as much as I can. Um, so I'd quite happily run things locally for them if I needed to mm. but um I think because they've got they've got like, like I think it's 18 months or something so they've got a long time to do what they want to do mm. and I think it's really important that they know that they don't need to sort of wear themselves out at the start and do loads of stuff at the beginning and then not have the energy to sort of get it get anything else done or that they because like mine were we had to do at our training at the regional peer leader training we did like a timeline of our um 
our opportunities as it were mm-hmm. and mine I when I actually looked at mine I didn't realize how much I'd done and I was like oh I've done loads but actually it was so like evenly spread across the 18 months that it didn't seem like loads in the sense of it didn't exhaust me mm. it was nice to have the opportunities when I had them and it was nice to be able to actually do the normal things in my life as well, as it were. So, like, go to uni and be able to have a job at the same, like, manage it all. Because um, people say to me, oh, how do you do so much? And I'm like, well, it's because it's because the more I do, the more I find time to do. Mm. And the I can spread it out. Like, I can prioritise and sort of spread it out as much as I can. Um, yeah, so... I think when it's spread out as well, it helps to kind of manage the fact that um, it is potentially quite a triggering thing for people to have to go and talk about their experience. And like you say, at the start of an 18-month process as well, where people are potentially doing that for the first time or they're doing it for the first time in particular settings or for the first time in front of people... I think breaking that down and not overloading people um, is probably a really important thing to do to actually make sure that they do have that positive experience and that, do you know what, every time there'll be something you can kind of pick up and learn for next time, but you don't want too many of those things and you do want it to be an enjoyable experience for people and to come away and feel like you have made a difference and it's been beneficial for you and for the people that are there and um I think if you were suddenly sort of saying oh actually I've got five different things on this week you think well okay if that's a one-off maybe but like you say it's having time for um if you're a student predominantly you're a student in terms of full-time hours and you're going to have a part-time job around that you're doing this as a volunteer and it might be that you've got other stuff going on and it's allowing time for that and making sure that it is a positive experience not just um that it doesn't just end up being like you're doing another job yeah yeah exactly um and speaking about those positive experiences and those other projects i know you're also doing some um some other stuff with fixers as well yeah so um before christmas Mm. so a really long time ago now um (laughs) it's nearly christmas again (laughs) i know i know it feels like it took ages to get this thing going but it's so good now it's good um going so before christmas i got randomly contacted through twitter the best of contacts i love it <laughs> I, will, I just get random people go don't even have that many followers yet like campaigns and people manage to find me anyway mm. um and media and stuff and they were like so fixers contacted me and they said would you like to do a project and i was like yeah i would um having seen nicole's project already mm. and i was like yeah i would but i don't know what i want to do it on and she said, okay, well, someone will contact you anyway in a couple of weeks or however long it was. Um, and then you can talk about it. And it was like three months later and I hadn't heard anything. And I was like, okay, this is obviously one of those things that just 
sort of started and isn't going to amount to anything, which is cool. Mm. Like, I'm quite easy going with that now. I used to get really upset when I'd start projects and not finish them. But now I'm like, actually, Sometimes if it, it wasn't happens, meant to be, yeah. it wasn't meant to be. Like, that's how I kind of view things now. Mm. Um, so I was like, that's fine. And then I got contacted and I was like, okay, right. So a guy called Wes contacted me and said, can we have a phone call? And I said, yep, we'll organise a phone call. And not that you need this extra bit of detail, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. <laughs> when I got my phone call, the day I was meant to have my phone call, I was actually on the way to get some chickens. So <laughs> I had no signal. So I had to wait a bit. I had to like give it like a couple of hours before I could actually get the phone call. And then the phone call started off with, Oh, so how are your chickens then? So we, so that's the first impression he got of me was that I was a crazy chicken lady, which I guess I kind of am. But um, I said to him, I, I had been thinking about it the night before and I was like, what do I want to do? Nothing like last minute me. Mm-hmm. But um, well planned. I said, yeah, exactly. I was thinking about it and I was like, self-esteem. That's what I want to do. I want to do something on self-esteem because although like, I could have done it on mental health easily because that's that's obviously like what I'm used to mm. kind of thing. Mm. But actually there were loads of great campaigns already out there for mental health. And I thought, well, self-esteem is still relevant to mental health and mm. well-being. And actually sometimes if you leave, like if someone has negative self-esteem, that's when that can then like perpetuate into something bigger yeah. and into depression, anxiety, eating disorders, like yeah. all of those things. So I thought it's something I could address for, and it's relevant to everybody. So my original sort of idea was that I was going to put together a work pack Um similar to sort of the training that Time to Change and Stonewall and that lot give to the teachers, um, to give to schools and sort of like a train the trainer kind of thing. And that was going to be what I was going to do. And then I thought about it a bit more and then I thought, actually, no, this can be for young people. The young people can do it. So I thought, how about I do something that I give to sort of either year 13 or year 11 or year six and they have to then run these workshops for the younger year groups okay so so sort of like a peer like a pass it forward education thing yeah Yeah. so the idea would be that I would go in and deliver these workshops to the older ones and then they would take it on and figure out how they were going to deliver it to the younger ones um And I mean, the idea changed slightly. So I went and met up with Wes and had a chat and explained to him what I wanted to do. He was like, well, what kind of sort of product do you want to make? And I was like, well, yeah, because every fixer's sort of project has has a product, Mm. as it were. So like a video or a booklet or a leaflet or something. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'll make a video then because that's like what Nicole made. So we made a video. Well, 
say we made a video the very talented um <laughs> the very talented media guy who doesn't work there anymore called chris he was brilliant um helped make the video so he did like all the artsy bits um and helped do the script and things like that and i did the voiceover so you get to hear my lovely voice um obviously i'm joking but um my voice is there um and my sunburnt face is on this video as well because Amazing. i got sunburned face <laughs> before um but so the video is initially talking about sort of what self-esteem is and then the second half of it goes on to like little things that they could do um so we've got things like um the hat of compliments so they take a net they put like the classes names into a hat and take a name out every day and then fill it with sort of compliments for that person so it's all about sort of obviously self-esteem and like they put post-it notes up around the school with like little compliments on so I've given I think it's about four ideas that get given to them but then so that would be sort of that's the opening of that that stands alone as itself so that Mm. can go and be that's being sent out to schools um but then the idea is that I would go in and facilitate a workshop or just an assembly or whatever they've got time for me to do. And I'd talk to them, I'd give them a bit of background about myself and then we'd go on, watch the video and then I'd get them to think of ideas that they could do and have a go at the ones that are already on the video, then sort of reflect on it and then see what they're going to do from then onwards. So it would still be aimed at the older year groups, but it'd be slightly different to the initial idea. But I I love it because it's actually something I always, this is what I said a minute ago, but I always come up with ideas and they never, they hardly ever turn out to be something. And I've always, ever since I was little, I've always had this thing of not getting excited for things because I was scared that they were never going to happen. Yeah. If that makes sense. And it's still a fear I live with now. Like, I can't get, even though I go and see so many, like, musicals and I go and see so much theatre and I go and do trips and I go and see family or it could be as simple as like taking my nan out for her birthday like I did um yesterday it's like I have all these plans but I'm always scared that I'm never gonna get them and they're never gonna happen yeah so I never I try and not get excited because I don't want to get disappointed you don't want to like over invest in a thing that doesn't happen Yeah. yeah And, like, this is actually something that is actually happening and it feels really, really strange but also really amazing. Mm. So the video came out um, a couple of weeks ago and it's been... So Southampton Uni have taken it and shared it on their wellbeing page. My uni (laughs) have finally got it, even though they didn't see it for ages, and have shared it on their Twitter Um and my program leader shared it on his, and it's like I actually feel this weird feeling of pride, which mm. is something that I don't often feel. And I'm like, oh my god, actually, 
something that I've like created that came from my mind is is helping people and is is happening and people are actually going saying things like they like it and things like this and I'm like this feels weird people are actually complimenting it and because it doesn't have and it's people I don't know that are complimenting it and it it's weird when things go like that on media and social media it's like this is this isn't me directly talking to a bunch of kids or anything this is like just something going around the internet that Mm. people are saying they like Mm. and that but that came from me and it feels like really bizarre and I mean it's not viral by any means but it's just even like the the small bits it's got shared onto it just feels so strange but it's just great but I'm I suppose it's coming back to that thing at the beginning you mentioned as well isn't it it's about recognizing actually every person that watches it that shares it actually is interacting with something that you've put together and it's so so weird it's so weird so the video is obviously out now um and now so basically now it's in my hands to kind of go out and do stuff with it and it's turning into an actual sort of project Mm. like it's it's now so the actual project name is called self-esteem and me um which I ha- I'm designing a logo for, but it's taking me ages and I'm not very artistic. So we'll, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> um, I'm not in any rush. <laughs> but so it will be, I'm taking, I'll have a little leaflet and everything and it'll be that I'm going to just run workshops in schools that I even have no connection with, which seems really strange to me because normally I have a connection with a school that I work in. Mm. So I'm going to launch it in my in my secondary school. Um, but then I want to take it into wherever wants me. Mm. And I'm going to do it for free because I can do that because it doesn't cost me anything other than travel. Yeah. So and a few resources like post-it notes or whatever. Mm. But actually, I'm willing to do that because... I want people I I just I want people to have it and I don't want it to be a a money restriction. I don't want schools to turn me down because I cost money. Like mm. I just want to go and do stuff. It's having that passion, isn't and it, 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 to get that message out as well and yeah. share it as widely as possible. And it it might be that like you say, you for for a year maybe you do it for free and then after that you say, Well actually I'd I'd like to do it with I'd like to improve some of the resources, yeah. so I charge a small fee just so I can improve some of the resources that are part of the yeah, session. Exactly, and it, it's it feels so strange to have something that is mine. Mm. It, although obviously fixes have helped me, and fixes names are on the is on the video, and they're so great. Mm. Like now, this is sort of it's sort of the whole the project is sort of my baby, and it feels so great and like I feel so proud and it that feels strange but it's like I'm I'm so passionate about it and to be able to have like something that I can say I'm in charge of and actually I'm taking this and it's going into schools it's a bit like the fact that you have your podcast that's Mm. something that you own 
and you're in charge of and that that, that this to me is like is like that, that this yeah. is my thing I'm it, it's so strange but it's so great like it's such an amazing feeling to have it's like you said it's having that opportunity to be the person that decides where it goes and what you do with it and exactly learns from oh that that went really really well like that was awesome and oh, that was really good but there was this one little thing that I want to change a little bit or make it yeah. flexible and actually seeing and then seeing the benefit of that change yourself and knowing it was you that made that yeah. decision it's like I spent a couple of years obviously doing stuff for times change and I've done stuff for Stonewall in the past and it's like yeah great I'm doing this for you well I'm doing it for me and for you and for the people who I'm actually like benefiting mm. and that's amazing but that's someone telling me what to do and I don't mean that in a bossy way at all because yeah. they're not by any means bossy but it's like it's just that process isn't it for me yeah. to go and I've just got to go and speak mm. whereas this will be me organizing this for myself to go and do stuff and yeah. hopefully if I can keep it going encouraging other people to sort of join me because mm. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do this all by myself and I'm not doing this all by myself I still have Wes who mm. is my fixes coordinator yeah and I have um, people like Liam I'm going to name drop <laughs> who is who is the community engagement manager for Westbury so <laughs> but it's like having people like that on my side to sort of help me yeah. get this off the ground is great and I wouldn't be able to do it by myself at all but it's still I'm still in charge charge and it's not a power hungry thing it's just a thing I think it's seeing it, that progression that, as well isn't it from yeah. starting off as a young champion and, and gaining that confidence in talking about and sharing your story and then obviously with a lot of other stuff going on there as well, but then kind of moving into that new role where you're starting to see other people come through, you're thinking about the training, how the programme develops, but to now also have something that is slightly different, it gives you an opportunity to work on something that's not uh, just an overarching mental health thing because you're still doing that with Time to Change, you've got an opportunity to focus in on something slightly different um, with self-esteem, and like you say, that that opportunity just to have ownership over a, a, a product or a, a project um, is really important I think and I'm sure it sounds like it would be hugely successful um, but even if it wasn't for whatever reason the learning experience that you'll get from it will be amazing um, and exactly. I, I, it's just such a great opportunity for people to have had a bit of an insight to develop a few skills and then go, do you know what, this is actually something I'm really passionate about, kind of picked a particular area and you're now going to run and try and some, try to do something sort of yourself as well. It's really cool to see. It's just, it just feels so weird because it's, like I said, I feel like thanks to Time to Change, I've developed into somebody who is able to do this mm. because I wouldn't have been able to do this a couple of years ago. Mm. And... I think, yeah, and now, like, to know that I've got there and it's actually happening, and like you said, even if it doesn't happen, I'll learn from it, but Mm. at the moment it is happening, so it's it's great. Yeah. But at the same time, I think I forget, sort of, this is something that's been happening quite a lot recently, is I've been thinking about how old I am. Mm. 
And I'm like, I keep thinking, oh, I need to get this done and this done and whatever. And then I'm like, actually, Abby, you're 21. Mm. Like, you're quite young. <laughs> like, <laughs> although I think of myself as old because I'm like, I'm not 18 anymore. Mm. I'm like, actually, hang on a second. A lot of the campaigners you're working with, like, especially even out of the regional peer leaders, are older than you. Yeah. Like, a lot of the people you talk to, whatever, the people I live with are older than me. Like, and then I'm like, oh, I'm actually quite young, aren't I? I could just <laughs> stop doing stuff for a bit and just wait to grow up a bit more. But then I'm like, no, actually, no, I like this. But it's taking your just time, realize, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Is and it... I feel, I do feel inexperienced at times. Like, this is a separate example, but like, I was. Over the summer, I was in sort of a managerial position by accident. I got put in it like a week before we went away in charge of a hundred and like a hundred and eight sixteen and seventeen year olds. They were my responsibility Eek. and I'm like i'm twenty one I'm not that much older than you, <laughs> and I had to make sure their safety was done and like whatever and it was the biggest learning curve I've ever experienced because I was like actually I feel really young right now mm. like and bear in mind that the other people doing my job the rest of the summer were over 35 it's like that really put it into perspective yeah and although I do consider myself older than I am at the same time, I still don't have that mass masses of life experience because I only have 21 years of it. Mm. So it's it's definitely, yeah, it's one of those things that has just hit me recently and it does impact in everything I do. So, yeah. I suppose it's, it's like you say, it's, it's recognising that and um, realising the opportunity that's there and that like if if something doesn't work out it's it's a learning opportunity and you've got plenty um of, of time to develop the next thing but at the same time it's like don't just think oh it'll be successful next time or I can work it out in three years like if there's an opportunity to do something and you want to do it go for it and um it's just recognizing that opportunity and enjoying it in the moment rather than thinking oh need to stress about it because this is the only time or yeah. something will happen later and um I think it's so easy to do at any stage in our in our life but I think you're having quite a few new opportunities and it's not missing out on them at the same time as realizing some of those will come around again yeah exactly I think that's a really like <laughs> a really true point mm. Um, well, since we've massively gone over our attempted half an hour, <laughs> um, if people want to find out a little bit more about you, Abby, where can they go? Um, so my new Twitter account, which is the same as my old Twitter account, oddly, but <laughs> I basically swapped my old Twitter account to a different name. So now I've got Abby volunteers again but it's a new Twitter account um, there. And my blog, which is in my little bio bit. Yeah, so Ace. there. And Quickly, I'll... though, yes. should we say how we met? 
I almost feel like we should save it for next time now. <laughs> do you want to do that? We'll save it. We'll yeah. save it. It gives Everyone's us an excuse. expecting this grand reveal, like we met in the Bahamas or something. I know. But... <laughs> we'll, we'll save it. Yeah, we'll they'll save it. They'll be on the edge of their seats. I oh, know. They won't get able to wait. <laughs> Oh dear, it's that sort of stuff when I when you actually like tee something up. I've spoken to like loads of people about stuff that pops up on the podcast. It's never ever about anything where it's actually like a posed question. It's always about you know when that person said that and like yeah and you talk about it. Like you do realise like there was a couple of questions or like you ask for some feedback or something, you're like, nah, you never get any of that. (laughs) So funny. Um, they can find you there. <laughs> I, it's been lovely to talk to you again, Abby, and thank you. Um, thank you for you just giving us an update on all the stuff that you're doing. Sorry, I rambled, but yeah, <laughs> thank you. It's been amazing. No These are real people. They have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. Dad came upstairs, and then I heard him say, like, it's happened. And I was like, what's happened? It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, okay, tell me a bit about what's going on. So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. How is that? <laughs> I chatted is, forever. How is it? That's an hour. <laughs> I know. I feel like your podcast, the podcast, should be like three hours long. But I think it's because it does just feel like chatting to you, and I could chat to you for hours. So it's really that's nice, why. Like, like to sit down I forget have... that we've got an audience. Yeah. We we will have an audience. So it's like <laughs> they don't want to hear all this. But maybe we just need to be calling each other every now and again oh, to have an actual no. patch. <laughs>